Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Not For Thought, a podcast channel designed for psychonauts and psychonautics. Today I was thinking we would talk about creating environments to trip in or calming yourself environments that might not be meant to trip in, I guess. Um, yeah. Or that you might not be used to tripping in, I guess I should say. Because um, if you shouldn't trip in an area, then just don't do it, maybe. Um, anyways, yeah, man. Obviously, I'm going to talk about Shambhala at the end. And just at the end. Um, and yeah, I have some pretty good insight, I think, on creating environments to trip in. And what I really mean is just like, well, I guess what it sounds like, you know, I'm just talking about how how to create an area where you're comfortable tripping in. I know that might sound easy, but it can be a lot harder than than you might think. And at least in my experience, um, it's taken years to truly say that, like, I'm pretty happy with I'm pretty comfortable with my apartment, my my home, you know. Um, it's taken a lot of time to to get to that point, but anyways, yeah. So I'm gonna take a hit of weed. You should join me, unless you're not into that. In that case, just hang out for a sec. So as I mentioned in a previous podcast or two um one of the things that i think helps create a really comfortable environment is putting things on your walls um whatever whatever you enjoy man like i personally enjoy anime and music and so that's mostly what i have on my walls i have right now i'm looking at one section of my studio apartment and i have a Jimi Hendrix tapestry, I have um, a bunch of anime posters and pictures, and then I also have an Iron Maiden, another music poster, um, and then I have some comics as well, I even have a Buddha picture, and yeah, just uh, whatever makes you comfortable, you know, whatever you enjoy, whether that's psychedelic artwork, maybe you like, whoopsies, Maybe you like whatever kind of artwork you like. I would recommend just kind of scattering that throughout your wall. Whatever you're into, man. Um, or maybe you like your walls being completely bland and um, like having nothing on them. Maybe you like that. And if that's the case, then by all means, roll with that. <laughs> if that makes if that makes it more comfortable, you know, because that's. I've stressed this a lot, but when it comes to tripping, you know, whatever makes you comfortable is what you should do. In my opinion, that's totally in my opinion. But one of the things that makes me comfortable with tripping when tripping is having a lot of stuff to look at and covering my walls and tapestries and pictures and stuff has really just filled the room and it's made so much more it's made it feel so much more alive in here and it's also just nice to look at a bunch of trippy shit so the next thing that i would recommend is like having some comfortable chairs like i said i'm in a studio apartment right now and i fucking hate only having like one chair one little chair in my bed to sit on i wish i had a big ass couch or like a beanbag chair oh my god if i could get a beanbag chair that'd be great but beanbag chairs are actually kind of expensive from what i've seen because you have to like buy for an adult beanbag chair not like a little kid one but like an adult sized one you have to buy like the outer part and then you have to buy the stuffing the like beads or whatever it is and you have to fill up the 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 bean bag you have to like fill it up yourself and it's usually really fucking expensive and it's all sold separately of course and i don't know it just seems like such a pain in the ass but man if i could get one that would be like 
the perfect fucking chair. I think I've actually said this before, especially with DMT. If I could just sit in a beanbag chair and smoke DMT, that would be fucking perfect. Or just a couch as well. But I would recommend... I would recommend getting, like, a couple of blankets as well. You know? Like, spreading out some blankets and having some pillows just to, like... Just to, like, kind of surround yourself in when you are tripping, because... On just about every drug, every psychedelic I've done, I feel like at some point I've like just kind of thrown myself into a bunch of blankets and pillows and stuff because it's fucking amazing. Uh, especially on DMT, maybe that's just because that's what I've been doing recently, but um, like I, I don't know, I'll smoke DMT sometimes and then I'll have like a blanket and I'll just like rub my hands through the blanket and stuff and it just feels so soft and comfortable. It won't even be that soft of a blanket, but I don't know. I would just recommend when it comes to to being comfortable, definitely like like just try and make a physically comfortable environment, like somewhere that you can you can switch it up and you don't have to like sit in the same spot the whole fucking night cuz that honestly gets kind of frustrating, at least in my experience. It's nice to have more room. And that's the other thing is that like being in my studio, if you, I hate the, I hate tripping in my studio because, in my studio apartment because there's just not a whole lot of room, obviously. It's just one big room, basically, if you've never lived in a studio. There's not like a living room and a bedroom. It's just one big ass room that has a kitchen in one corner, basically, and then your bed in another corner and your desk in another corner if you're me and yeah it's just super fucking cramped everywhere and it sucks man like it's such a pain in the ass cooking and cleaning it gets dirty in here so fast i honestly would not recommend living in a studio total side note but that being said in my experience i would much rather have more space I'd rather have a little bit more space, and yeah, it just, I don't know, it's not the biggest thing, but if you have an area or room that, I I don't know, if you have like your own apartment, I would recommend choosing your living room over your bedroom to trip in. I mean, obviously you can switch between them or whatever, but I would just recommend going with the one with the most room, maybe, or just whatever you're most comfortable with. Maybe having, like, a smaller area makes you feel more cozy. I don't know. I guess just just think about that beforehand. I don't know. It might not matter that much to other people, but for me, it's just, I hate being in a studio apartment. I, I kind of hate being in a studio, or in an apartment in general, because I feel like I constantly have to be quiet. And, anyways... I would also recommend getting your hands on, like, one of the best sound systems you can find. Maybe that just means getting, like, some Beats uh, earbuds or a head headset or something. I don't know. In my room, I have uh, a sound system hooked up to my TV. I have a Samsung sound bar and then a sub. Yeah, I have a sound bar and a subwoofer, so it's a pretty nice sound system, and I mean, I can adjust the bass on it and stuff, so I like to crank that up, especially on DMT, dude. Like, right before I'll smoke, I'll, like, crank up the fucking bass, turn up the music a little bit, sit a little bit closer to my TV, and it it's really fucking intense. It makes it just a little bit more intense and i've said this before that actually kind of makes it a little too crazy um it can be a little overwhelming if you're like playing some really trippy music uh but yeah i would just recommend maybe maybe you can get your hands on like i don't know i would just recommend even if you're not into music that much giving it a try giving giving music a try when you're on when you're on psychedelics and the other thing is to choose the right music too you know i've had lots of times where i've put on music and it's been really comforting or it's like done the exact opposite and it's just like freaked me the fuck out but 
I think that depends on what kind of music you listen to, and I don't know, man. And the last thing about tripping at home that I'll talk about is making sure that you've if you have animals I don't know man I've heard different things about having animals like some people say that oh when you do acid that it like comes out of your pores and if you touch animals you can end up like making them trip basically I've heard that from a lot of different people and I've always been the type of person to not believe it but at the same time a part of me is like well what if it is true you know, and I feel like a scientist, uh, probably not, but I feel like a scientist is going to like listen to this and be like, let me fucking, let me, let me tell Scott what's up. This is how it works. But, um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of stigma and rumors behind drugs and some of it's true, but a lot of it's not. And especially when it comes to psychedelics, people hear so many fucking things that are not true and and they believe it and i don't know i'm always a very skeptic person like i'm very much a person that's like i see it to believe it or have some sort of proof at least for me to believe it and i, I don't know <laughs> anyways if if you feel comfortable with it i i don't know believe what you want i guess i don't really believe that i mean i have i have dogs and cats that i've held on just about every psychedelic that I've done shrooms acid and DMT I've held my cat <clears throat> on all of those and I've never he's never acted different my dogs have never acted different when I've touched them after doing psychedelics so I think it's a rumor but like I said I feel like a fucking scientist is gonna hop on here and be like well actually it does seep through your pores and when you touch your animal they fucking absorb it through their skin or some shit but I'm I'm like pretty sure that that's not true and if it is then I, I don't know I don't know it hasn't affected my animals <laughs> um so anyways <laughs> my point is that if you have animals I would recommend having them around I think that the they're really calming um, and therapeutic and having my cat around I don't know it just I feel like it grounds you too if you're like tripping pretty fucking hard and you start to freak out and then all of a sudden your cat jumps up in your face it's kind of it's a bit distracting in in a good way so um, he's also done the exact same thing and scared the shit out of me so I guess it depends <laughs> I don't know but I, I would prefer having my cat around and my dogs around as well. It just depends on the person, I guess, and how, however, what kind of relationship you have with your animals. I don't know. My animals have always calmed me. They've always been my friends and stuff. And, yeah, anyways. <laughs> so I also thought I would talk about maybe how to calm yourself at a concert or things to keep in mind if you're planning on going to a concert on drugs since i've been talking a lot about concerts lately um my first suggestion is to try microdosing if you can now, i've talked about microdosing with mushrooms you can probably find plenty of videos or blogs that discuss microdosing lsd and um, I don't know, microdosing LSD is kind of hard because you need, you basically need like a whole vial of acid and then, I don't know, I don't know, man, microdosing LSD is, is complicated and you can easily end up making, you can easily end up actually dosing yourself and tripping more than you were expecting, so, well, you could end up tripping, the idea behind microdosing is that you don't trip, so, that's kind of, what I would recommend starting off with and just kind of feeling it out, you know, start off, start off by just doing as minimal as possible, see how you feel, take a little bit more if you feel good, this is honestly what I do a lot of the time with, with shrooms, you know, where like, I'll start off at like six or seven in the afternoon, drop a gram of shrooms, you know, and then an hour later, or an hour and a half, two hours later, I'll drop a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more, until I 
until I feel like I'm pretty good, you know. And in a way, you kind of end up wasting a bit, I feel like, when you do that. But at the same time, you don't end up getting yourself into something that might be a little too intense or something you weren't expecting. I don't know. Because even doing that, like, recently, when I had shrooms, I, I had this one night where I took a pretty minimal amount of shrooms, I thought... But it turned out it fucked me up. I was tripping really, really fucking hard in such a strange way, too. Yeah. So, try microdosing if you can. If you can't, um, I don't know, just try and take it in small amounts and feel it out. You don't have to dive right into the deep end, you know? You can definitely feel it out with, especially more minimal psychedelics. You know, like with shrooms and and acid, you don't have to you don't have to go too crazy with it right away, and you definitely probably don't want to with acid. Yeah, but that's just my opinion, and the story that I have to back that up of why I have that reasoning is um, I was at a Tame Impala concert. I've talked about this before, so I'll I'll kind of make it quick. But I was at a Tame Impala concert with a friend. And I had grown quite a bit of shrooms, but I brought, I think I brought like about five grams with, with us to Tame Impala. And while one of the openers was on, we dropped, I think he dropped three and I dropped two or maybe like one and a half. No, I'm pretty sure I took two at least. I think he might've taken three or I think he took closer to four grams maybe. Maybe like three and a half, four grams. Because he was tripping so fucking hard. Well, he said he wasn't like hallucinating all that much. But he was really, really fucked up. Like he could barely fucking walk. Uh, He was super out of it. And it was almost a little scary at times. Because I had to like hold him by his shirt. And when we were trying to get out of there, we were clearly on drugs and there were like cops and I don't know there was a lot going on that it wasn't a pleasant time and it would have been so much better if we would have just taken half the amount that we did well him I was fine I got us out of there but (laughs) dude couldn't talk dude could barely walk for a while for like a, a good two hours maybe he didn't he didn't say a fucking word and was just falling all over the place it was awful man it kind of ruined the whole experience uh but that's why i'd recommend maybe not even microdosing, but just taking it a lot easier like we should have started with like a gram each or maybe i know that he was going to do more than i was so maybe he should have started with like you know since he did three and a half four grams maybe he should have done like a gram and a half to two and we probably wouldn't have had to leave the concert before it even really started. Yeah, we didn't even see Tame Impala. We just saw the opener, and then we had to leave because he was so fucked up. And he, yeah, it was not fun. Um, and that leads me to my next point: is have a sober person because if I was on the same level as my friend, we would not have gotten out of there. I think, I don't even know what would have happened, dude. That would have been a really, really rough night if we were both not able to walk or talk I don't think we would have gone home I think we would have just like had to sit outside somewhere for a couple hours or something and even that probably would have been pretty hard because getting out of there I was still I was still somewhat functionable I mean I was still pretty there you know I wasn't hallucinating at all I was like I had a bit of a body high and I was kind of anxious but I wasn't like tripping all that hard and I was like barely really even feeling the shrooms but if I was super fucked up I would not have been able to get us out of there that would have been pretty scary I don't know what would have happened honestly if if I was on the same level as him I'd still be there bro (laughs) nah obviously not but um I definitely think we could have ended up probably in jail or something if nothing else because we would have been so fucked up that security probably would have kicked us out or something. I don't know, man. But it definitely could have been a lot worse of a night if if I was just as fucked up as he was. So yeah, 
maybe take it easy, even if it's like a really dope, fun concert that everybody's doing drugs at, you can get up to that level, but maybe like, just, just feel it out. You don't have to microdose, but maybe don't like, like if you got four grams of shrooms, maybe start off with like half of that, or a gram, or just, just feel it out, instead of going all the way in, instead of going head first right away, because you might fucking regret it. And that's another thing, is that I wouldn't recommend alcohol, because I'm pretty sure that was the reason why my friend was, like, extra fucked up and couldn't walk or talk. I think that if he wasn't drinking, that wouldn't have happened. I think he still would have been a little bit more functionable. We probably still would have had to have left. I mean, he was straight up like a zombie for a good two hours there, and I don't think that would have happened if he wasn't basically drunk before taking the shrooms. He wasn't drunk, but um, he was, he drank a lot just in general. Nothing against the guy or drinking, if you do. I drink a lot myself, but um, he drank, I think, a couple shots in a beer before the, before we dropped the shrooms, so like, he was at least tipsy when we dropped the shrooms, and then he, I'm pretty sure he kept drinking. I'm sure he did, and I don't know. Yeah, he was fucked up, and it and it sucked, and I think that if alcohol wasn't in the equation, it at least wouldn't have been so bad. Maybe I'm wrong on that. In my experience in general, I've had, I've had kind of a way better time with psychedelics when there isn't alcohol involved. I've done it mainly with shrooms. I've had nights where I've taken shrooms and also drank. Um, and it's weird, dude. Like, I, I've had a couple weekends where I was taking a lot of shrooms, and late in the night I would take shots, and it was like I didn't feel them at all. It was like I just, it was like I was drinking water, but I don't know. That was very bizarre. And that's kind of my experience in general with, with alcohols. It seems to take a lot more. And when it does hit, when I do feel the alcohol, it's not necessarily a pleasant feeling. I feel like, yeah, I would rather just feel the psychedelics. Um, you know, if you are at a concert, I can see the tempta temptation to to want to drink. But if you do drink, maybe just feel it out, dude. <laughs> take it slow. Uh, I feel like so many people don't don't kind of pace themselves properly and they end up ruining their whole experience at concerts. Like when I was at STS9, a concert that I went to back in 2021, I talked about it on a previous podcast. Check out my one of my concert, my first concert video. It's like an hour long podcast if you haven't yet. And um when I was there at STS9, there was this guy in front of me that was just doing so many drugs. He was doing cocaine and smoking weed and drinking, and that's just the stuff that I saw. So who knows what else he was on. And I mean, he was dancing crazier than anybody else around us. Nothing against it. In fact, I support it. The crazier the dancing, the better. But there was a time in the night where he just like sat down and did not stand back up because he was so fucked up he was he, i mean he was on so many drugs and drunk and all this shit at the same time not to mention partying his ass off and probably just lost a lot of energy and yeah i was not surprised that about mid midway through the sts9 concert he just like sat down and basically didn't get back up I mean, I'm sure he did at some point to, like, kind of get out of the concert area, because I don't think I saw him after some point in the night, but, yeah, I, I kind of felt bad for him, but at the same time, he clearly, he was just going so crazy right at the beginning of the concert. It was like, dude, pace yourself a little bit, you're not going to be able to make it through uh, fucking eight hours of, of fucking rock music if you're doing all your coke and all your drugs, all your shit, right at the beginning of the concerts, gonna make, it's gonna make it kind of miserable. Maybe not, maybe I'll have a great time, maybe it'll, maybe it'll make it amazing. I think it just depends on the person and what you're doing and how much, and that's why I recommend just 
feeling it out and taking your time with everything um yeah and just remember that you know you can't most psychedelics that that i do you can't overdose on and i feel like that's something to keep in mind you know psychedelics are meant for in my opinion good god this sounds so hippie but i in my opinion psychedelics are here for us to do and and learn from and an experience and the fact that we can't od on shrooms or acid um i think is proof of that so just keep that in mind just remember that you can't od on shrooms or acid so i don't know that's just something that i try to tell myself to keep myself to keep in my head because sometimes when you're really really fucked up when you're tripping really hard it can be hard to remember that the drug is um that you can't that you're not gonna like die from it or something because there's times where i've thought that i am um anyways yeah so also remember that everybody at concerts is probably on drugs as well so you know you're in a pretty good environment when it comes to the vibes and the people you're around usually not all concerts but for the most part yeah um i think i think that's about all i've got yeah i've covered a lot of this already i think but i thought that i would just make a podcast specifically talking about some some ways to create a a better environment to trip in because like i said at the beginning of the video i've had plenty of rooms like when i was living with my parents i've had plenty of rooms that just weren't very fun to trip in and kind of created a negative or scary environment that um worked against me and i think if you follow some of the tips in this video or this podcast you'll you'll probably you'll probably have a good time um or at least you'll enjoy you'll feel comfortable in the environment you're in hopefully I don't know, man. Throw a bunch of art and shit all over your walls if you're tripping at home. Make sure you have a bunch of comfortable chairs, a bunch of a couch with blankets and pillows, um, a nice sound system, a big old TV, some stuff to look at, um, any animals, and I think you'll be pretty comfortable. I think some of that's kind of obvious, but um, yeah, man. Anyways, I'm going to talk about Shambhala. <laughs> Dude, oh my god. Yeah, if that's if you just came for the environments, um, then that's gonna be it. Shambhala. So, the last podcast I was talking about how they were about to release their lineup. Well, turns out that they that I was wrong on the time. Well, at least my time. My time was twelve, but well, the real time. I was thinking that it was being chopped at at noon my time but it was actually one my time anyway so i was i was like an hour off but holy shit when it dropped i got so hyped because dude this is why i feel like shambhala is fucking calling to me dude i said it on my on the last podcast i was like it's calling to me dude and if this isn't proof i don't know what is especially with dr autoflower checking out my channel and some of my videos that was enough to like oh yeah shambhala is calling to me but if you remember anybody keeping up with these stories so when i first got into this this rave and edm scene a couple weeks ago it was because i was bored one weekend and i looked up things to do in denver well when i did that there was uh one of the first things that popped up was excision somewhere in denver and i just like on a whim decided to look up a video of excision and i just fucking fell in love it was so amazing and it looked like so much fun it was a video at lost lands anyways <coughs> so yeah i decide to see if there's any tickets and they were sold out whatever but I start to go on this, you know, the what's what's the term for it when you start to go down YouTube, just like a million fucking videos, you just go down the, the fucking black hole of YouTube, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> and eventually I was like, screw it, 
I was watching all sorts of like festival videos and random concert videos of different EDM artists and stuff, right? I end up coming across Shambhala, and that's how this whole... Well, I end up being like, oh, it's a big festival, let me look up Sex Substances video, so on and so forth, and that's what got me into Shambhala, eventually. So Excision was really what kind of snowballed into Shambhala, right? Well, when they dropped their fucking lineup, Excision, since it's alphabetical order, Excision was like the third or fourth fucking DJ. I couldn't believe it, dude. I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, are you kidding me? Excision is going to be there? That, them, him? I don't, I don't actually know. That DJ alone is enough for me to want to be there, you know? And there's other there's other DJs. Liquid Stranger is gonna be there. BTSM Black Tiger Sex Machine is gonna be there. And my coworker, who I talked about a little bit at one point, who was always playing EDM and shit. Well, she actually loved BTSM, and yeah. So seeing that they were on there too was so fucking cool. Oh my god, man. But Excision was just like, it's meant to be, man. It's meant to be that they're on the fucking Shambhala lineup. Anyways, so all of a sudden Shambhala's Instagram is like kind of going crazy. They're like, oh my gosh, our site's crashing. We're up to 80% sold out, you know? And I told everybody on the podcast, the last podcast, that, um, that I needed to wait until Friday to have enough money to buy um, a ticket. So I was like, telling her, I was like, hopefully they don't sell out before Friday. And I didn't think that they would. But then, like a little bit later, after the lineup dropped, I think a little bit after it dropped, maybe like a day after. Um, no, a little bit after. I don't know. Sometime on Tuesday, it, they said ninety percent sold out. So I was like, holy shit! It took, I think, a day or two for it to go from 80% to 90% sold out, and then the fucking lineup dropped. And I was like, holy shit, okay, well, there's going to be even more selling out now. So later that day, I get a message from Instagram. Well, actually, so I'm, I have the Shambhala schedule app. Anyways, I get messages from, from that app, and it was like um, 800 tickets left. And I was like, oh my god, I have to buy my ticket now. So I collect like every dollar I have basically I have $145 and I look at how much it costs to split it into three payments it's $142 each payment which adds up to like uh, $426 something like that anyways I had a I had like three dollars extra and I was like holy shit that's another fucking sign maybe I'm just looking into it at this point like every little thing seems like a sign but i don't know that seems like a sign to me another one another one another sign that that i'm i'm destined to go that i had three dollars extra i had just enough man i had just enough to to buy the fucking ticket and then like not even a couple hours later i got um a another message from Instagram or that app and Instagram too, I guess that they were, um, down to 300 tickets left. And then a little while after that, they were sold out. So, and it's Thursday today. So if I waited until Friday, I would have been fucked. Um, but yeah, I had just enough money, dude. I couldn't believe it. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, but if I need money in the next day, I'm fucked. So hopefully, yeah, that doesn't happen. Hopefully, hopefully I'm good until then. Because <laughs> I don't get paid until tomorrow, and I straight up have $3 in my account. Um, anyway, I just thought that I would update the podcast on that. I thought that was so fucking cool, dude. Excision's going to be there. I had just enough money to get the ticket, and... I'm going. I'm going, guys. I, I'm definitely going. I bought the fucking ticket, and no way in hell I'm selling it. Because why not just go? Why not just go? I am going to have to work my ass off over summer 
to make as much money as I can because I'm going to Japan as well in October. So July, I'm going to fucking Shambhala at the end of July. And then two months after that, a little more than two months after that, I'm going to Japan. Yeah, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't fucking wait for both, but man, Shambhala is definitely calling to me, dude. And I'm still looking for some some rides. I'm looking more for like a carpool group than anything. I don't need like a rave group or rave buddies or anything like that right now. For Shambhala, that'd be great. But just in general, I'm not really... I'm not really on the grind anymore. I was trying so hard to find some fucking friends. Um, and I was being really impatient. And I don't know. I've come to the conclusion that I think I think people in the rave community aren't as nice and as friendly as I thought. I'm waiting to be proved wrong, you know. But I've had like up to 10 conversations with people on radiate that haven't gone anywhere and i said that i made some friends in denver which i did but i mean they're in denver and i'm not so i don't know it's like i'm back to the the drawing board but at the same time i'm kind of happy to be to be solo and just go to shambhala every year that's the only festival that i really care about i mean if i can get the money to go to maybe a couple others here and there then maybe i don't know but as of now, I'm fine with just going to Shambhala every year and calling it good there instead of spending money on on a concert every weekend or every other weekend and spending basically all of my money that I barely have in the first place because I'm a college student. Makes almost minimum wage. But yeah, man, I got the ticket. I'm super excited. And like I said, I'm trying more to, to find people to to just ride with. I don't need like a really close group. I think we can all do our own thing. Like let's say I find a group or somebody driving up there and they let me tag along with them. We don't have to be like we can be near each other when we get there. Sure we can camp next to each other, but we don't have to be some like tight knit group that's with each other every second. We can do our own thing, you know, and that's kinda what I want to do. Um because Obviously, you know, I would really like to be at the Pagoda a lot, in Fractal Forest, and the fucking village. Those three stages I'm going to spend most of my time at, I think. Yeah, because those three stages are fucking crazy, dude. It's going to be so much fun. I can't fucking wait. People are really friendly. But, I don't know. I I think it's much more of when you're there, and... Not to mention this is a festival in Canada, so it's not like there's a whole lot of people near me that um, that even know about this festival. So, yeah, I just thought that I would update the podcast on on that. I thought that was so cool that Excision is going, that I had just enough money, and I'm going, man. I'm fucking going. I'm so excited. I'm definitely going to make... I think a little vlog, even if I carpool with people, which I really, really want to do just to save a little bit of money and to save the fucking environment, <laughs> you know, it's so much better for the farm, the Shambhala farm, but also it's just better for the environment in general to not be driving solo to a festival, you know, yeah. But it's not really up to me. It's up to anybody that wants to let me join with them. And it's going through or from Denver. Maybe anybody listening to the podcast will will hit me up. Because they don't have to be from Denver. But if they're at least going through Denver, then that works for me. I can pay. I can help pay for, for gas from there on out. You know. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, dude. There's not really a whole lot more to talk about. I've got a pretty decent plan. I'm still, I'm still working out some some finer details, you know. Like I'm not sure when exactly I want to leave. I'm not sure when exactly, or like I don't want, I don't know when exactly I want to get there, and I don't know exactly when I want to leave, because 
the earlier that you get there, the more expensive it is. Dude, if you get there on Tuesday, they charge $150 per person for early entry. $150. I was thinking like 20 I was literally thinking like 20 to $50 for early entry, and it starts at 150 and then it goes down to 100 and then 50 each day. It goes down by 50 But my god, I thought that was kind of outrageous. I haven't been that blown away by prices yet for things, you know, for going all the way to Canada for almost a week. I've, I'm uh, hoping to only spend like a thousand dollars in total. And not to mention it's a music festival, which has drugs, um, an entire marketplace, food. There's lots of ways to spend money pretty fucking quickly. And so I'm trying to trying to keep it on on the lower side but I mean $400 for the the ticket is a lot the but the way that I put it in my head anyways is especially if I'm only going to this every year you know if I'm only going to to Shambhala every year instead of like a bunch of fucking concerts I think in a way I'm actually getting a lot more out of my money because like if i'm going to red rocks for example or really anywhere else i'm spending close to a hundred dollars a ticket maybe a little bit less than that depending on if you like get the early bird prices or whatever but you're spending you're spending quite a bit no matter what and it, it that adds up so fucking fast you know if you're spending a hundred dollars a ticket it would only take four concerts for you to to be spending as much as an entire festival. And I guess that's just how I'm I'm kind of justifying the $400 is you get to see way more artists. You get a camping spot for four, five days. Camping spots can be expensive. If you've ever gone camping, just paying for a camping spot like each night in like an actual camping area that has like out an outhouse instead of a um, you're just like shitting in the woods because you can like camp in the middle of nowhere or you can like camp at a campsite and if you've ever camped at a campsite and paid for it I'm pretty sure it's fucking expensive it's like a hundred dollars a night so the fact that you get to camp I mean yes it's out in the open and it gets very hot in the day apparently but the fact that you get to camp for a certain price for that uh, Jesus Christ <laughs> The fact that you get to camp with your ticket, I think, is also added into the equation. I like camping. If you don't like camping, I could see it almost being a nuisance or an issue, you know. But if you like camping like I do, it almost, it seems like a deal that you get to camp with your ticket, you know. Um, And you can pay for, like, special lodging and whatever, but... Yeah, that's how I justify. You get to see three, four days of of DJs until six, eight in the morning, and I think it's worth the money, especially for the fucking experience as well, for the people, for all the different attractions, for all the artwork and different outfits. I think it's just so worth it in general, in so many different ways that. honestly seems like a deal when you look at it through my eyes (laughs) Um, but at the same time just looking at $400 in itself is a lot of money just $400 alone for a concert seems like a lot but you get to see so many different DJs it's multiple days you get a camping spot with it I think it's worth it yeah um but then there's also the the cost of getting there, man. That's where the other that's where the other huge huge cost is. Because even if you are carpooling, it, depending on the size of the group, it's gonna cost quite a bit. Like I'm hoping that if nothing else, I can at least get people to come with in my car. That like maybe some people don't have a car themselves, but they can they can pitch in for gas i'm totally down to let some people ride with me i think that would help a lot as well but let me just 
go over some of the the prices and why I think it's going to cost like a minimum of a thousand. So I was thinking four hundred and twenty for the ticket. I wasn't thinking that's that's just standard. So four hundred and twenty plus. Uh, I'll leave out gas for now, and then add it on in a minute. So fifty for I said food. I said 150 for drugs, which might be underestimating it. I have no idea what prices are going to be like there. But I've heard people are really friendly and that it doesn't, it's not that hard to find it. But I don't know. We'll see about prices. Um, and then I really want to get a canopy and some other like small camping. I mean, the canopy isn't small, but I want to get some like other camping supplies that I don't have because I've heard that it gets super fucking hot in the day and in the morning and I don't know I can't sleep if it's even like slightly warm in my room like it has to be cool no matter what or else I'm not sleeping and I'm worried that if I'm up until 6 to 7 8 in the morning I'm gonna want my sleep and if it's hot as fuck I'm not going to sleep so my plan is to get a canopy and this like this hanging fan that you can straight up like put right in the middle you can hang it from the middle of the inside of your tent from the ceiling and it just blows it's just a fan that's facing straight down I think it would be perfect and I think it's like chargeable so you wouldn't have to worry about uh like plugging it in somewhere anyways um, so 200 I said for camping supplies and any other miscellaneous items that I might not have considered. And then I also said $100 for the marketplace because I'm guessing that it'll be really expensive. I've always ended up spending a lot of fucking money on merchandise at concerts and I'm guessing it's going to be pretty expensive at a festival too. So I think $100 might be underestimating it because I'm guessing that like $100 would get you what, like a shirt and some, maybe like an outfit and that's probably it. Maybe an outfit, I don't know. Anyways, so that in itself adds up to $920 and that's not including gas. And some of it, like I said, I might be underestimating it when it comes to the market the spending money at the shops and drugs and the camping supplies who knows i have a tent and a lots of other camping gear but you're not you're not doing a traditional form of camping where you're like in the middle of nowhere and or at a camping site where you have to like make all of your own food and there's no wi-fi or anything like there might not be any wi-fi there but you you're still surrounded by a ton of fucking people you're surrounded by markets and i feel like it's not a traditional camp it's not at all a traditional camping experience obviously it's a music festival but i feel like in the camping aspect it's not traditional at all i feel like really the only camping you do is to sleep in your tent and that's it but you aren't like wandering the wood well you kind of are but there's like attractions and i was about to say you're you're not just like wandering the woods, but that's actually exactly what you're doing during the day, I think. You're wandering and looking at different attractions and meeting people and stuff, and that's kind of exactly what you do during camping, but it's such a different different kind of camping. Maybe it's just, I don't know, just a much bigger, more music festival-oriented form of camping. I don't know what I'm talking about, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, yeah, so anyways, that's a minimum of $920 right there without gas, so I feel like, I feel like I need to carpool with people, because let's say, I was thinking if I don't carpool with people, it's going to be $450, so that would be $1,400 to go to Shambhala for me, minimum, I think, if nobody's carpooling with me minimum of $900 no matter what and that's without the cost of gas so and then like a max of 14 to 1500 dollars if i have to pay for gas entirely by myself oh and that's the other thing is that you have to have an air filter 
and you definitely need to do a bunch of car checks. If I'm taking my car, I'd have to do, I mean, I have a whole list of repairs that I just need to do in general. Um, but especially if I'm going to Canada and then I have a bunch of last second checks to do. And then I also have stuff that I'll need to do before we leave to get back home. I need to change uh, an air, my air filter and I'll need to make sure that all my fluids are good and, and whatnot. So anyways, yeah, so 900 to 1500 and it could even get even more expensive than that for me just for me like I could easily spend more on drugs I would assume and I could easily spend more on stuff in the market and food I'm definitely gonna spend more on food $50 for food is way underestimating it I'd say closer to like a hundred for food so you're looking at like a minimum of a thousand because you have to buy food when you're there and then you also need to have like snacks and breakfast food as well Ugh, yeah so without or, I'm sorry, with carpooling buddies, with people help paying for gas, I think it would cost. It depends. If there's three people carpooling in my car, we'll say, oh, man, that'll still be so much. It really doesn't make much of a difference when you carpool with people, but I think it would be fun to at least have some companionship for the ride. Maybe, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um... But if you're splitting it, so I was thinking 450 by myself. If you're splitting it between three people, that's still 150 a person. So I'm still looking at like $1,200 even if I, and that's carpooling with two people. If I only carpool with one person, I'm looking at closer to, to 1300 And that's 1300 compared to 1500 by myself. It almost doesn't even make a difference dude but i'm still willing to do it <laughs> um because i'm down to meet some cool people i'm i don't know I, I don't feel like just letting anybody ride with me for 20 hours but i'll be pretty fucking open to just about anybody i mean they'll have to do something really weird they'll have to do something pretty fucked up for me to not trust them you know anyways <clears throat> i think i should probably end that here um yeah, that's the most recent updates on Shambhala. I'm definitely going, man. Ticket is being paid for, but yeah, yeah, man. I'm I'm super excited. It's gonna be a fun time. And anyway, that's that's it for today's podcast. I think. Um, hopefully. We'll see if I have any psychedelic experiences to talk about on Sunday. I've been trying to kind of take a a break from DMT. And, I mean, I doubt that anybody's even listening at this point. But if anybody is, I'm definitely... I'm going to think about doing DMT, but I don't know if I will. I'm, like, I'm trying to take a break, dude. Not trying to take a break. I just at least take a step back from smoking as much... I don't know. Anyway, this has been Not For Thought. Have a nice day.